This episode of Lean Green Dad Radio is brought to you by Lisa Sleep, helping the world sleep better one beautifully designed and crafted mattress at a time. Visit them online for your hassle-free mattress buying experience at lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com slash leangreendad and use the code leangreendad at checkout for 100 bucks off your order. That's lisa.com slash leangreendad and use the code leangreendad. This week's episode is also brought to you by Organifi, the makers of green juice. Now, this gently dried superfood greens powder is the first that I've ever tasted, guys, that doesn't taste like I'm drinking swamp water. You know what I mean? It's like you want to be healthy, you want to try to have your green juice and get more greens in your body, but it just tastes gross. This one, it's got a taste of mint, and it, uh, it it's really neutral, believe it or not, which is really awesome for what's in it. Now, I'll tell you more about what's in it later, but for this and tons of great organic vegan products, visit them online, Organifi, and that's with an F-I at the end, Organifi.com, and use the code LEANGREENDAD at checkout for 20% off your order, which is actually cheaper than Amazon. Boom! That's uh, Organifi.com and use the code LEANGREENDAD. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. (laughs) From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. Hey everybody, what's going on? And thank you, my wife, for that wonderful introduction. What's up? Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. We're proud to be brought to you by the Parents on Demand Network, which is an app with tons of great uh, parental podcasts. So make sure you check them out over at parentsondemand.com if you're interested. And also make sure you subscribe and review us in the iTunes store if possible. That means so much to us. Uh, you know, keeps the show going strong, and uh, I really, really appreciate that. And finally, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It just means so much to me. Uh, I'm so happy to have you guys be a part of the show and meet some of these great folks with me. Uh, we've got a great guest, which we'll talk about in a second. So uh, who's this guy you're listening to? Well, my name's Corey. I am a husband. I'm a father. I am a plant-based athlete. And each week I get to talk to some of the most inspiring folks that I can find to help keep me motivated to stay fit, eat healthy, and really get the most out of life as a busy parent because that's what I am. For me, finding time to work out and make healthy, quick meals for me and my family, all while trying to spend quality time together, can be really difficult when we overschedule ourselves. So uh, my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks that you will walk away with some gold nuggets of information, some quick tips or inspiration that you can use in your life to keep you and your family going strong. Oh boy, guys, today's guest. Holy cow. Uh, I, I gotta tell you, I was really nervous before our podcast because I didn't know what personality he was going to be, but it's J.P. Sears, and if you don't know who J.P. Sears is, then uh, all you have to do is Google his name, and you will find this long, red-haired dude that is hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Some of his videos are, you know, the the one about being offended is one of my favorite ones. Um, (laughs) You just got to check it out for yourself, guys. Um, He has a book out right now called How to Be Ultra Spiritual, 12 and a Half Steps to Spiritual Superiority, 
which uh, is really great. But the the thing about JP is that, yes, he he's very funny and he has this very dry sense of humor that really resonates well with me and my wife. We think he's just hilarious and we were crying watching these videos. Um, but he's also, he is a coach, he is a teacher, he's an author, um, and he approaches this holistic lifestyle. He's an advanced practitioner. Uh, you know, he's certified, he's satirical and spiritual. It's just a great combination. Um, his website is awakenwithjp.com. Uh, gosh, so many different videos, guys. And uh, this podcast is really, really fun for me. And I know you're going to enjoy it. So without any further ado, let's get into it. It is my podcast with Mr. J.P. Sears. All right, guys. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. As I mentioned, we have author, life coach, teacher, Mr. Holistic, Mr. Ultra Spiritual himself, J.P. Sears, joining us. Welcome to the show, J.P. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate you having me. And it would have been really, man, really awkward if you invited me on and then you unwelcomed me in the intro. So I feel like we're off to a good start with a welcome. It's it's a positive step in the right direction. I can't, uh, no, I, I'm super happy. I, you know, I was nervous at first. I was like, okay, you know, is this guy serious? Uh, what's he going to do? Is he going to throw me a bunch of curveballs? What's he going to do? But, um, you know, luckily in my research and deep understanding of what you do now, um, I'm I'm very excited and, uh, and and look forward to talking to you for a little bit, so. Oh, excited. And I'm offended that you're not nervous anymore. I just, I, I wish you were so intimidated by me and the mystery of how I'm going to chaotically act towards you that you're not offended or not nervous anymore. Huh? I, I'm offended that you're offended that I'm offended. Um, and uh, if anybody is a fan of your YouTube videos and your channel, they would understand what we're talking about. <laughs> Um, if you want to live a good life, you need to figure out how to get offended by anything. Yes, for sure. yes. And, you know, as you know, I am a, a vegan dad blogger. So very, very unique uh, niche there. But I have a, a powerful, motivated, engaged audience that uh, definitely cares about the vegan movement. But the cool thing is, is uh, I, I don't think that they think they're better than anyone else. And... You know, I, I have to say that most of them would absolutely find uh, the video, if meat eaters acted like vegans, uh, hilarious. I, I do too. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the motivation behind making that thing? Yeah, well, first off, thank you for being able to laugh at that and, and also not take yourself so seriously that you can't laugh at it. And the, the video you know, it's, it appears as like, that's about vegans. It's like, it's not, it's about the human behaviors and, uh, human uh, psychological expressions of judgment, entitlement and controlling that is human nature. It's about those behaviors that at times likes to hide behind noble looking hiding spots. Veganism is one noble hiding spot. Paleoism is another one. I did a video on paleo diet meditation spirituality yoga religion like anything that we identify with can become a noble looking hiding spot for us to pretend like these shadowy behaviors that we have inside and have inherent shame about them 
we can pretend they're not there. It's like, no, I'm not being entitled. I'm being gluten-free. It's like, no. Like, I, I've been gluten-free and gluten intolerant for 15 years. And, and I made a video about two years ago called How to Become Gluten Intolerant. And I made that because it's like I got to come to terms with how I am. Like, when I go back and visit my family or go out to a restaurant, like, I'm, I'm acting like an entitled jerk, very controlling. And that – I. It took me a while to come to terms with that isn't gluten-free. Being gluten-free is over here. That's one thing. Being controlling and entitled is something very different. I can be gluten-free and actually be a warm, loving, accepting person. Like who would have thought? Like I didn't know I could do that, but I needed to do that because I was losing myself essentially denying myself, denying my, you know, authentic human emotions that were coming out in a misdirected way disguised as being gluten-free. So yeah, long story short, the, the videos are never criticizing the subject matter. They're meant to shine the light through uh, satirism on shadow human behaviors that honestly are okay. But when they work against us, uh, is when we try to hide them and pretend like we're they're not there. And and what is that? You know, you go into a restaurant and <clears throat> and being offended that they don't have a vegan option or, you know, being offended there's not a gluten-free option. What what is that inside of us that that does that? And we we love to be victims. And and I do and I'm not just saying we to like passive aggressively say like everybody else loves to be victims, but I don't like I do. It is a psychological archetype, the victim and the victim archetype basically like when we're functioning from it, we're basically coming from a mindset that says, I feel more powerful, the more powerless I am. So if I can show up at your restaurant and find a way to victimize myself, like how dare you, uh, cook in canola oil at your restaurant. How <laughs> dare you? Like, it's, it's your restaurant. Like, why yeah. would you run at my? And how, you know how you, you didn't tell me this had gluten in it. How that the thing I ordered had gluten in it. You didn't tell me that. Like, how dare you? And how dare you not be willing to make a new recipe that I'm dictating to you because it's what I want to eat. That's not on your menu. It's me victimizing myself. So we as a we as humankind, when we're coming from the place of victimization, we like to find things to become outraged about so that we can feel powerless about them, so that we can get a sense of victim power through our position of powerlessness. And, and it's a trap. Like, it, by the way, when you point out the trap, people feel victimized that you're calling them a victim. Right. So in other words, they'll go deeper into the trap to avoid seeing that they're in the trap. I do this too. So the problem with that is we bleed out our real power in order to stay into the in the position of being powerless so that we can get the illusion of power, not true power, but the illusion of power. I think self-responsibility and inspired action is where real power comes from. So anyway, that's my delusional thought on why all of us at times, just a matter of not do you do it, but how long, how much, and how often do you do it? So why all of us at times will become victims. And and being able to step outside of yourself just at a very basic level, being able to, to 
<laughs> step outside of yourself and reflect back and look and say, okay, why am I doing this? I mean, wh- would you say that most people are unable to do that? And that might be kind of the root of most of our problems? I would, yeah, like, I, I would definitely probably say that you just said that. And, <laughs> and I would also probably say that too. I, I would agree with that. Self-awareness isn't taught in schools. It's, it's taught by wise people in life. Some of us will stumble into their alternative courses, conversations, but it is shocking how we go through at least 12 years of school and self-awareness is never a subject, but I don't know what subject is more valuable than self-awareness. Like know thyself. It takes a lot of self-awareness it takes a lot of humbleness to be self-aware in the first place. And then it takes a lot of self-awareness for us to observe where we're losing ourselves. And the, the, essentially the hole we dig and then root into a victimization, there's a lot of self-awareness, a lot of humbleness, and a lot of courage that we need to have in order to feel the fear of essentially giving up a hiding spot that's met our emotional needs. To color, to see and call ourselves out on how we're being a victim is to say, I can no longer as effectively hide in this place because I'm shining the light on it. And it's scary to take away our own hiding spots because that means we have to face and look in the eyes what it is about ourselves that we're hiding in that hole. That takes a lot of courage. So nowhere in our schools uh, do we have courses in how to be the courageous hero of your own life. So the, those are skills, cur- true courage and true self-awareness. Those are skills that we need in order to have, I think, a, an awakened life. And they're not conveniently taught in schools. And I think rightfully so. Like uh, these are skills that are so correlated to the human heart that we have to be all in and truly desire to learn them. We can't be told like, now you're going to learn about courage of the human heart for the next 45 minutes. Right. It's right. Like, you know, like we could intellectually learn about it, but it doesn't mean we're going to embody the learning. So I think rightfully so we have to, uh, you, we have to decide when and if we're going to go to the school of life about courage and self-awareness. And, you know, just like I believe with a, a plant-based diet, uh, eating, eating the best you can, you know, you, you do it for your family, you do it for yourself, you do it for the planet, the animals, any reason you do it is going to be a positive reason. I think that it's, it's also, we're not predestined to be a certain way because of the way we were raised. And, yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of our, you know, my dad was a, was an angry dad and I love you, dad. If you're listening to the podcast, he doesn't listen yeah, to the don't, podcast, but don't get angry, dad. Yeah. No, don't get angry for call out that you're angry. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So he was an angry dude and, uh, had high blood pressure because of that anger and everything else. And, you know, sometimes I have some anger stuff that goes on with my own kids. I mean, we got a busy life. Things are stressful and and I forgive myself when I get a little angry and I explain to my kids, you know, hey, I was frustrated or I'll apologize or whatever. But, you know, some some folks, um, you know, in my circle, they might say, well, you know, 
it's just one of my demons. It's it's kind of one of those things I can't control because it's the way, you know, it's the way I was raised. So or I'm in Aries, so it's like I'm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but how? No how we have control over that, right? If we choose to, we we we're not predestined to behave a certain way based on the way we were raised. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, life would be pointless if there was no other option than for us to just replicate the patterns from our childhood in terms of replicate the values and the emotional dynamics, relational dynamics. It's like, why would life take 90 years if we're just replicating the same thing over and over again in a different literal setting? That doesn't make sense to me. And also, from my delusional perspective, the evidence points to the contrary. It seems as though inner fulfillment and meaning in life comes when we are the the conscious connoisseurs who decide what are the values that I want to stand for, not just intellectually stand for, but embody through my inspired action. How do I want to relate to people? How do I want to raise my kids? And it's like, thank God you allow yourself to be authentic enough where anger will come out. And is that a symptom of your childhood? Probably. And thank God you can have the awareness of that because that teaches you to embody a different way, call it a higher vibrational way more of the time. Like, yet you'll probably always have the fingerprints you were born with. But the question is, can we add much more to it? Can you connect with your kids in a more loving, intimate way than what your father could with you? And to me, that's where meaning comes from. And, and, and like to state the obvious, like, yes, you can. You do that. And, and I say, like, how shallow would life be if you and I create a, a self-imposed prison where we just limit ourselves? Like, no, we, I can't connect to my children. I can't do art to them. I can't cry in front of my children. I can't be authentic in front of my children because my dad didn't do that with me. It's like, well, maybe my dad not doing that with me. And, you know, similar to what you're saying uh, with my father, maybe my dad not doing that with me painful at times. Yes. And maybe, maybe that was a great gift because without that experience, I wouldn't have the contrast to teach me call it a better way of doing it, a more connected way of doing it with my kids, my girlfriend, the people around me. Uh, you know, my dad living angry. It's like, okay, the why is he angry? Probably because he's inherently not honoring himself because he's just trying to worship his, uh, uh, you know, what he needs to do to get his father's approval. That'll never be enough to get his father's approval. So he gets even angrier maybe experiencing the energy of why my oh jp i lost you you froze on me my dad's oh, my sorry. sorry there we go okay you paused on me for a second i don't know if it's maybe a, it seemed like a little connection thing but yeah i apologize for that uh where what was the last thing you heard me say um, gosh, JP, um, I was freaking out over the pause. Um, we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think the, this is a test to get us angry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, I was probably just rambling on telling myself things that I need to hear. You're talking about my, fa- uh, my father and his, uh, his anger, maybe not being able to please his own father, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I think maybe that's a great blessing. So when we experience essentially the reasons, you know, the vibrational reasons why our fathers were getting angry, which might have something to do with they weren't honoring themselves because they're still trying to live Mission Impossible of trying to get their father's and mother's approval, maybe that was a great gift. Instead mm-hmm. of a limiting belief and a limitation, maybe because it becomes a gift of limitlessness where it teaches me to better honor myself. So yeah, I, I think there's no question we can absolutely be the ones that author life beyond our limitations rather than life within our limitations. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for repeating a little bit of that because of our, our freeze. I really appreciate it. <laughs> not Yeah, not a problem at all. And by the way, the freeze, and you probably hear the birds chirping. And yeah, stuff. tell those birds yeah. to be quiet. We're recording a podcast. Yeah, I know. It's the bird soundtrack I have on so that you think I'm in a natural jungle environment that doesn't have the strongest internet connection, and therefore we had a little disconnect. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, I know, I know you get tons of questions about like, so are, you know, are you serious or are you, you know, a jokey comedian guy all the time? Like, I don't really want to go into that. I mean, guys, if you, if you really want to know the answer to that question, just check out JP's about page on his website, which will of course be in the show notes, uh, the awaken, awaken with JP.com. But, um, you know, also guys, the, the reason I'm having JP on is so he can talk about his new book, the how to be ultra spiritual. Uh, and also learn a little bit more about him from 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 him from himself instead of from comments and uh, <laughs> other uh, social media you know quote unquote trolls or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, but before we get into the book, JP, I want to talk about I do want to talk about your vegan diet and uh, mm. and the way you eat. You know, did you do you do you believe in eating a, f- a fully plant based you know vegan diet? Uh, have, has it always been that way for you? Uh, I've, I've heard, you know, from the, the new man podcast, you like refused your mother's breast milk or something like that. You're saying, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. My character, my ultra spiritual character is the most vegan man on earth. And is so vegan that as a, a child, he refused to breastfeed because of the vile carnivorosity of breast milk. It's an, very anti-vegan. <laughs> so me personally, uh, I eat a strict vegan diet and a strict meat-eating diet simultaneously, <laughs> not mutually exclusive. And in fact, I'll give you a straight answer in a second. It's something that amuses me when I when I see comments online. You know, JP, are you a vegan? It's, it's, uh, it, typically I'll answer back and say, no, I'm Caucasian. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it's, I'm a Caucasian. Nice. So the, the, the straight answer to your question is uh, no, I don't eat a strict plant-based diet. Um, I eat, I, I like to eat in a way that is based on, what the wisdom of my body seems to be calling for. I'm, I'm, I like to say that I have zero nutritional dogma other than doing my best to eat in a way that feeds my body and mind, uh, 
in a way that feels great and in a way that's as earthly responsible as possible. So uh, while I, I personally do feel uh, good eating uh, animal products, not a crap load. I used to eat a crap load, but I was like just getting really dogmatic about like, hey, you know, paleo and like lions eat nothing but meat. So like I want to be alpha like a lion. It's like, mm, I don't think the extremes is where it's at on that spectrum. Right. But, you know, on the, the theme of being earthly responsible, while I personally do feel good eating uh, uh, some degree of meat, like I realize, like, okay, there's a crap load of rainforests being destroyed in the Amazon for raising beef. And a lot of it is sold as healthy grass-fed beef that might be healthy for a meat eater and it might be incredibly unhealthy for the earth. So it's like I'm eating very little beef now uh, because it's important to me. Like if I don't know where it's com coming from, I don't want to contribute to the destruction of the rainforest. Uh, you know, I don't want to eat any animal that's raised in inhumane factory farm conditions. And, you know, for that matter, I don't want to eat plants that are raised in inhumane, you know, chemically farmed conditions either. So, you know, my, my beautiful girlfriend, Amber, she's on a strict plant-based diet. She's been vegan for eight or nine years. And, and I love that her and I eat in different ways because it gives us an opportunity to practice acceptance, not just have an agreement-based relationship, but an acceptance-based relationship where like I 100% respect her, period. Uh, and and therefore, how she eats in a way that feels best for her and her reasons why, it's like, awesome. Like, I so support you, babe. And then she looks at me and feels the same. And it doesn't mean that our reasons why we eat the way we do agree with each other. Like, they're inherently disagreement. But there's acceptance. Like, that's for you. Awesome. And that's for you. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I really love that. And I think, you know... Any time that we let something that works for us be an excuse to create division between other people, we're just going to religious war uh, and creating division. And I think that makes the health practice very unhealthy on us. It might, it might mean our nutritional health is increased. And I also think it means our heart health and psychological health is decreased if we let our practice be an excuse to create division. And I'm not just talking about eating practices, religious practices, yoga practices, philosophical practices, you know, like I think in the new age community, it's so easy for us to say like, oh, yeah, I, I only associate with like-minded people. Yeah, that means you're rejecting everybody else. That yeah. means you have created yeah. a massive wall of division between you and 99% of humanity and to me, real health, not only physiologically, but also emotionally, mentally, and community-wise on earth, real health comes from unity, not division. Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio real quick. Is this interview awesome or what? I am having such a blast with JP, but I wanted to make sure to give a shout out to our two very quick sponsors. One 
is Organifi. Now, I mentioned them at the beginning, and I'm really excited to bring them onto the show because they're just a company that gets it. Now, I want to tell you more about this green juice. Um, there's lots of wonderful products on their website, but I only have a minute here, so I'm going to get back to the show in just a second, but I got to tell you about this juice, man. It, it's it's great. Um, it's one of their most popular products. Now, why? Because it has that neutral taste. Now, I don't know about you, but when I taste green juice that I buy from the grocery store or whatever. There's a couple different brands out there, but it's not great. And and why do we do that to ourselves? It's like we seem to think that we, we have to choke it down or something and it can't taste good. It's, it's just how it's got to be. You know, we're drinking something green. That's just how it is, right? Well, guess what? It doesn't have to be that way. Organifi has mastered this non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free formulation And inside this one little scoop that you add to your water are things like chlorella and moringa and spirulina and mint and beets and green tea and wheatgrass and ashwagandha, turmeric, lemon, and coconut water. These are great ingredients, folks. And with ingredients like these, you can't go wrong, And especially as a busy person. I know especially me. I'm a busy parent, so I'm flying all over the place. Guys, I add this to my shaker bottle in the morning, and I'm on my way. I also add it to my smoothies after a workout, and I don't taste a thing. It's a wonderful, neutral taste that just blends right into anything. Uh, It's a great way to get more greens into your life, guys. Uh, So head over there to Organifi.com. That's Organifi with an F-I at the end, Organifi.com. And use the code LeanGreenDad at checkout. That's 20% off your order. Like I said, it's better than what Amazon can get you. So trust me on this one. And uh, did I mention it's a 100% money back guarantee within 30 days if you don't like it. So all you do, just send it back. They don't they don't ask any questions. No big deal. Uh, money back. They, they believe in their product. I believe in it. I use it every day. Organifi.com and use the code LeanGreenDad. Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey. And if you know what it's like to shop for a mattress in a mattress store, it's just straight up weird. I mean, look, you're laying in beds that other people have laid on. You really don't get a chance to truly like give them a good test. You know what I mean? Because you can't fall asleep on them. I mean, unless you want to spend the night in the store. But I mean, who does that, right? Okay, but seriously, the showroom experience is a thing of the past. And the marketing buzzwords and the fake features, they... They have these big mattress companies forgetting all about the most important thing, right? A reliable, comfortable mattress. And at a reasonable price too, I might add. So, uh, what if what if you could redesign the mattress as we know it? Reinvent the sleep experience. Well, that's exactly what my friends at Lisa are doing right now. I got my Lisa mattress a little over two weeks ago and it's been like heaven. My wife and I ordered a queen mattress and we noticed the difference in our bodies like right away, like after the first night. Now, um, you know, it's it's been like 10 years since we replaced our mattress. So, you know, when we saw some pretty dramatic changes, it, it makes sense, you know. I, I, but listen, I'm sure that if it's time for you to switch out your old mattress that you'll notice some great things for your first night of sleep as well. So give them a shot. Uh, you know, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking probably this is a crazy idea, right? You know, um, what I'm supposed to just like order a mattress through the mail and it just, you know, comes to my doorstep and now I have this mattress. I can't, you know, I can't try it out. But here's the thing. It's risk free. They have a hundred night in home trial backed by a no hassle, full refund policy. Now, all that's great. But the thing that really sung to me about Lisa and the reason that I'm working with them is 
they have a really wonderful mission. For every 10 mattresses sold, a mattress is donated to someone in need. I mean, their staff, they, they plant trees, one tree for every mattress sold, and they, they support. They support their local community, they support charities, they're incredible. So, you know, obviously guys, this is a great company. Um, if you choose to work with them for your mattress or buy from them for your mattress, you, you'll get a hassle-free experience. Go check them out, uh, lisa.com, and of course that's L-E-E-S-A.com slash leangreendad, and you wanna use the code leangreendad, all one word, uh, at checkout for $100 off your mattress purchase. That's lisa.com slash leangreendad, and uh, it'll pre-populate that code leangreendad for you at checkout to save 100 bucks. We love ours, and I know you'll love yours too. All right, back to the show. You know, I have a lot of husband-wife couples that, you know, maybe somebody gets uh, a bad uh, doctor visit. You know, their cholesterol's through the roof or they have, um, you know, a heart disease creeping up or something like that. And one of the two have to go on a strict plant-based diet that's, you know, recommended by their doctor or at least cut their meat down to like 5-10%. And um, the let's say it's the wife with the heart issue. The, the wife says, I'm going to do this. Uh, I cook all the meals in the family. I'd really love it if you would come along with me and, and help me on this journey. Do this with me if, if possible. And um, the husband, you know, might say something like, you know, babe, I'm a steak and potatoes kind of guy. Like, I can't do this. Uh, if you want to do your vegan thing, like, that's totally fine. But I, I have to have, you know, my meat. And um, that that's always one of those one of those situations that you want to help help them understand the the man in that in that scenario that it's not about just the diet. It's about being there for your partner and understanding. So. You know, I mean, if if Amber were, if, if that were your situation, I mean, you're you eat some meat every now and then, and like, if Amber were to have some kind of issue where she needed you to kind of try to switch over to a plant based thing, how would you how would you handle that? And that's a scenario. And if you don't want to talk about yeah. it because it's a scenario and it doesn't make sense, yeah. but I'm just wondering how you would personally handle that. Yeah, you know, to me, my connection and relationship with Amber is like so is like one of the greatest priorities of my life. And so any way that I can truly be of support to her, I want to do that. So the idea of like, you know, favoring nutritional dogma over her and her health and our connection, it's like, I'm sick and potatoes. That dogma is more important to me than you are. Yeah. That's not how I roll. So of course I'd want to like, if, us having our meals, the same meals, and we're always eating together. If that supports her and like, I can like, by the way, like meals, like food is like communion. So if there is so much support that comes from taking part in like the same cup of communion as your partner, of course I'd want to do that. And if I, like, let's just say if I was finally like, like I feel crappy eating this way, then you know, off on my own, I'd you know, supplement, like whatever, I'd be the guy in the closet having like a, a collagen supplement, <laughs> whatever I'd have to do. Because, you know, I don't think self-destruction has to be a part of it. So it's not mutually dis- exclusive. It's like, okay, if I need to do something outside to take care of myself, if that were to be the case, I'd do that. But here within the house, within the relationship, I'd want to be anything I can do to be supportive. So I think you know, there, there's so much in the way of 
uh, disconnection in relationships that happens over the guise of food. You know, yeah, and, and I think also in a, a little bit of a more generic way, one partner says, you know, I, I want to lose weight. I want to get healthy. And we're eating, you know, kind of the standard American crap. So I want to clean it up. I want to eat, start eating whole foods and I'm going to make whatever, uh, real whole foods for dinner instead of the coagulated processed crap we're normally eating. And then the, the husband says, oh, no, like we can't, we always eat, you know, this is the way we eat. And they resist that. To me, what's really going on is one partner trying to control the other. I'm not going to let things change because I want to be in control. It's nothing to do with the food. And, and I think we have to realize when relationship challenges come up within the context of food, I would dare say that's a reflection showing us the challenges that were there that we haven't been aware of. So food becomes the mirror. So I think when partners are looking to create nutritional changes and there's starting to be resistance from one partner or the other, what, what the, part, the couple needs to be willing to do is work on their relationship. Because I think the food changes are just the mirror showing us disconnections that have been there. We just haven't been aware of them. But if we're not willing to actually do real work in our relationship, then I don't think we're going to find harmony in the context of food. The context of food to me is just a symptom. In my yeah, delusional I, I, in your delusional opinion, yes, I, I think it's <clears throat> it's it's so true. You know, in relationships between you know, any, any partner relationship, but, um, you know, families too, you know, even older generations. I mean, when we, when we switched to a plant-based diet, it was because of, uh, my wife's ulcerative colitis. We found that it was easier on her system. Uh, and so it, it just worked for us. So, you know, we're sharing that story. And if anyone wants to listen, we're, we're here to talk about it. But, um, when we made that switch, her family was like, so deeply offended, you know, and, um, how could how could we not you know think of them and like how what are we gonna eat together you know it's like how are we gonna eat and we used to have these meals around the table together but um we don't do that anymore and it hurts her and it hurts it hurts it's it you know we love them we want to spend time with them but um, they are so stressed about the way that we eat that they'd rather just get their KFC and you know order it and eat it and then invite us over. Yeah. And if we want to bring our own food, that's fine. You know, that, that kind of thing. But um, it's slowly gotten better. But I just, I wish that they would understand and, and maybe there's st stuff that we can do better to let them know that it's not about, it's not about offending them. It's not about us judging them. It's just about what's working great for us. And I would think that, you know, if you have a daughter that's, you know, suffering from this horrible illness that uh, you would understand why this switch has worked for us. And I'm not saying it's going to heal everything, you know, a vegan diet is not the cure for everything. It's just, it is what worked for us and it helps her maintain a level of, you know, remission yeah. once she gets into it after a flare. So, Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I think one of the uh, four agreements of Don Miguel Ruiz, Ruiz is, is don't take things personally easier said than done and i think every human being on earth needs to hear that at least 10 times every single day and you know so it sounds like your your wife's family and it applies to so many other people in this scenario 
they're taking it personally and, it, and it, like doing my best to uh, understand their point of view. I would guess they have a level of self-identification with these are the meals we create, much like Catholics right. would have identification with like we eat this pretend meat of Christ through this styrofoam cracker, probably has gluten in it, and we drink this wine and pretend it's his blood because we're vampires. So they identify <laughs> with those like foods, if you will. So I think without knowing it, the, the her family would be identifying with like, you know, we are our food. And if you're saying like our meal isn't for you, then you're saying our meal isn't good enough. And if you're saying our meal is not good enough, then you're saying we're not good enough. And then they get offended by that because they're taking it personally. They're making it about them when in fact, like your wife is in probably, you know, when she was going through her uh, uh, major challenge, never before did she need more support. Never before did she need it to be about her. But then, you know, human nature, the family makes it about us. And therefore, what we think mm. is us, we make it about that too, our food. So like, I get that not to like, say like, okay, you're right, not by any means. It's just like, oh yeah, like I understand where you're coming from. I don't like it, but I, right. I understand it. Right. Um, let's talk about nutrition uh, and, well, we already talked about nutrition. I want to talk about uh, fitness yeah. and kind of not not only the aesthetics like yeah it's great to to have you know good looking muscles and a six pack every now and then if you can uh of beer uh not of not on abs no i'm kidding no um but you know what is what is that relationship between you know exercise and spirituality and everything that's going on in your head is there is there an actual connection between the two well you know my delusional opinion is yes uh absolutely and i think we it we can maybe more accurately ask, is there a disconnection? It's like, hmm. probably not. You know, it, uh, I think the mind is the body. The body is the mind. I think the human being is the human being. And these illusions of separation are convenient. Uh, but let's just call them illusions, like where our endocrine system ends and our digestive system begins and our nervous system begins. It's like we, we pretend they're separate, but in what I believe to be the truth, it, it's all connected. Everything affects everything. So when we look at you know this thing and say, well, this is my hand, we, we also maybe realize like, yeah, and, and this, this is my mind as well. There's emotions in here as well. And this is like my spirit energy is in here as well. So I do believe that taking care of our physical body is absolutely us strengthening our spiritual connection. I do believe it's absolutely us bringing our mind into a more peak state of clarity. And I do believe it's us helping nurture ourselves emotionally. So uh, having an exercise routine that uh, enhances you. you. We can grind ourselves into the ground with exercise. I'm not talking about the extremes here, but having an exercise routine that uh, helps you. I think having uh, physical practices outside of exercise that stimulate us regularly throughout the day. You know, for me, like I'll take five minutes between appointments and projects, and I'll do body weight squats. I'll 
do some, uh, you know, some downward dogs and I'll, I'll stretch, I'll, I'll jump up and down because I want to stimulate this miraculous gift I've been given called my physical vehicle. And, and I do that not just because it's like I feel better feeling good physically, but because I want to be in a peak physiological and psychological state. So I like I'll do these these micro doses of movement throughout the day because it sharpens my mind, my clarity, my connection to creativity, and I would dare say helps me be in a flow state better. So no question about it. I think we gain so much when we really kind of take the Dalai Lama's words to heart that our body is the temple. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Thank you for that answer because, uh, you know, it's more, it's more than just, um, you know, getting to the gym. I, I have this article that I put up there and, uh, it, it's about my evolution of working out, you know, like in the past it was like, how much could you bench, bro? You know, like how much, how much you lift in, you know, and you, you do it and you check to see who else is looking at yeah. you and you got your, 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 your you know, stretchy stuff on the show, the muscles when you're working out. Um, but nowadays for me, you know, it's about, um, showing my kids that fitness and working out is a part of my life. It is part of who I am. And so, you know, when I, when I was back in the day, like five years ago, when I did the Ironman, I had, I had two kids and they were both very young and they got very used to seeing daddy and bicycle shorts you know I, i'm so sorry for that and i'll apologize to them <laughs> there, later in there life, will but... be a lot of therapy they'll need but you know we digress but but you know i'm glad that uh they they actually gave me that uh the nickname of iron dad i had that nickname back in the day so that that was fun um anyways i, I it's more about you know nowadays it's more about uh being a positive role model for them and and kind of hoping that they will take that on in their lives. Never saying like, yo, yo uh, four-year-old, you need to get to the gym. Yo, Izzy, you're looking a little flabby. You know, you got to work those abs a little better. For now. how inactive yeah. they are. What are you doing playing when you could be doing de deadlifts right now? There's a perfectly fine TV inside and you're outside playing. What's going on? Yeah. No. Um, talk to me about how to be ultra spiritual. Um, where can we find it? I mean, obviously it's on Amazon. We can grab it there. How, how's the book release been? I know it's been a while now, but how's it been? Is it being well-received? Are people loving it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you asking. It's been out, you're right, for probably about four months now. And from my, my perspective, it's been very well-received. And, and also, honestly, most importantly, I, I felt inner fulfillment and I felt like the book was a win before it was even released because like the journey of writing it was so fulfilling to me, so creatively stimulating and, and it felt so purpose driven because I'm using the language of comedy to convey deeper messages, deeper perspectives that it, to me it's important. People get laughs and entertainment with the book. But what's more important for me is that people get something meaningful from the book. It's what the comedy delivers uh, that's what's most meaningful to me. So it was a, it's nice to say the, the book is a win before it comes out. If nobody reads it, I will have been thrilled having written the book. But, but the fact that it's selling well is a nice bonus. And you, the, the shows I've been doing to promote the book have been like, those are just great experiences themselves you know, sell out crowds of like 500 people in some of them. 
where it's like, wow, these, these people, uh, like, I feel so honored by them. And we get together and I do some comedy. I do some authenticity. I talk with people. That has been a, a huge gift. That's been a result of the book. It's like getting together for those shows. It's like, I don't care about the book anymore. I'm here with you. Like I barely even care about talking about the book. It's like, this is about us connecting in this ocean of communion together. So that honestly, the, the shows I've been doing to promote the book on the, the book tour, those have probably been the biggest blessing of the book, to be honest with you. So great. So great. Wow. Well, uh, everybody knows where they can find you on YouTube, of course, uh, at the JP Sears channel. But uh, where else? Where else can we follow you? Where else can we continue to uh, learn to con- to, to grow more spiritually? Yeah, you know, I'm uh, yeah, I'm on all the usual suspect spots on social media. YouTube and Facebook are the the ones that I'm regularly putting out. I'd say the most valuable content. Awaken with JP on those. And then I, I've also got some upcoming offerings, comedy tour coming up, and I've got a, a membership program that'll be launching in the not too distant future. So my website, awakenwithjp.com, you can sign up for my newsletter so that I can uh, shamelessly sell you those kind of things if you're looking <laughs> to be a, a part of any of those offerings in the, the coming yeah. future. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to put all that in the show notes, guys, so you can. Just click and be sent right to it. And of course, the book, How to Be Ultra Spiritual, is in stores. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time, JP. You're so welcome, Corey. Thank you for doing what you do. And I appreciate you inviting me on. All right. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Oh, man, was that a blast. So uh, listen, guys, hey, thank you for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. But hey, don't let your experience end here. Visit us online at leangreendad.com. We've got a free grocery shopping video series that will show you all my favorite brands in the Whole Foods market that you can grab to keep you and your family going strong. In addition to that, we've got a Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. We've got a YouTube channel. And uh, we're here for you. So keep going that extra mile for your family, guys. And uh, until next week, we hope that you have a wonderful, happy, healthy week. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.